0: When you get it wrong, you know what you should do? You should apologize. And for a follower of Jesus, we should be so comfortable apologizing because we're following the perfect savior. And because God is not done with us, we should get convicted in all these different ways and we should be the first to say, listen, I'm so sorry with the way I handled that. I did not handle that properly. And for a follower of Jesus, we should feel super comfortable doing that. But we live in a world where most people don't do that because they're actually not following the perfect savior. They feel like you can't know that they messed up.
1: Getting something wrong doesn't exactly make you feel good about yourself. You know you've let someone down, but the world doesn't promote making that public knowledge. Today, Pastor Daniel will take the opposite approach and urge you to apologize immediately when you mess up. This shows honesty and humility to others and reminds you that you still need your Savior. Jesus will be there with the grace you need to start again. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 2 as he continues his message. Check yourself.
0: Self Listen to how Jeremiah said it. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah says it this way. He says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let he who glories glory in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord. Exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Now you hear what he's saying here. He's saying, look. If you're wise, don't glory in your wisdom. If you're strong, don't glory in your might. If you are wealthy, don't glory in the riches. But what should you glory in? You should glory in the fact that you know and understand me, which, guess what, is a gift of God. Because I am the Lord. See, really, self righteousness comes whenever you build your identity on something other than Jesus. Because a false view of God leads to a false identity. And listen, All of us are apt to build our identity on things. And whatever you build your identity on, then you begin to look down on people. Now, within the church, this happens in all different ways. What I have found oftentimes is that the things that we used to do that we don't do any longer, we always end up judging the people who do those things. Right? It's kind of like, remember blind Bartimaeus? It's like him judging every blind person he ever meets, as if he did anything to make himself see. Right? So oftentimes we judge people who are committing the same mistakes that we've made historically Or, of course, one of the ways Satan loves to do it is with theological understanding. It's like if someone doesn't hold your theology, you're like, oh, I'm so theologically well-read. Now, don't get me wrong. I like theology like the next guy. I love reading theology. But when your theology puffs you up in your mind, you know that you got a false identity. (laughs) Right? I've never met you get to heaven and God's like, did you go to seminary? Did you read all of Calvin's institutes? No. No. But that's what happens sometimes. But you got to ask yourself, how are you doing avoiding identity props that aren't Jesus? Because I'm here to tell you, any progress that you've made, if you're walking with Jesus, even though you don't do the things you used to do, you realize the only reason you don't do that is because of the sheer grace of God. And you can't look at someone else and look down upon them and judge them as if you sit in a special vantage point because of how good that you are. Right? So we have to make sure that we avoid self-righteousness. See, now, like, look at what goes on here, because as you move from there, you know, this gift now turns into this ability to teach and to have influence and to be a wise person in the midst of foolishness and to teach people who are younger than you and because you have a form of knowledge and the truth of the law. Verse 21, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. So after you check yourself by making sure you're avoiding self-righteousness, the next way you check yourself is to walk your talk. You got to walk your talk. See, what's going on here is the Apostle Paul is unpacking for someone just like him that although he was Jewish, and although he had the law, and although he saw himself as a teacher, his problem, like everyone else is that he actually wasn't walking out the very truths that he believed in. That there was hypocrisy in his heart. And the thing is, is for all of us, I've never once met somebody who's actually fully walking out in totality what they actually value. Not one time. Right, And so really what you want to do is you want to say, Lord, how am I not walking the testimony that I hold? Right, Because he says to him, he said, listen, you therefore, you teach another. Aren't you teaching yourself? You say that a man should not steal. Do you steal? You say don't commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who say that you abhor idols, do you rob temples? See, really what he's getting at is he's getting at this part of the human heart that says, although I value this, I actually don't do it. It's like the person who's well known for being a vegan, but they chow down on bacon cheeseburgers when no one's looking. You know what I mean? I, see, I remember reading an article about this. There was this woman, she was like a, a vegan guru, you know what I mean? But she would have some, she'd go and she'd get, people would bring her burgers and stuff. You know what I mean? She's like, well, they don't know. It's like, I'm the vegan lady out here, but I'm a bacon eater in the background or whatever. You know, and so the thing is, is that you gotta make sure that our testimony lines up in the way that we walk with the way that we say we walk. See, in a lot of ways, this is the big struggle for all of us to be willing to really say, How is my walk? How is my walk? Now, what's amazing here is you understand what the problem is because look at what it says at verse 24. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you as it is written. Now, this is a quotation from Isaiah chapter 52, verse 5. Isaiah 52, verse 5. It's a quotation. Now, what's amazing is he's talking about the Jewish people, right? And the Jewish people, the name of God was being blasphemed amongst them because they're not walking the talk. They have the law, but they're not trusting or living it out so that's isaiah 52 5 and really what you have here is when you think of the name of the lord the name in the bible denotes the entire nature does that make sense? Like when you think of someone's name, you never just think about like the letters in their name. Like So if you were to use my name, you know, whenever someone says Daniel Fusco, no one says D-A-N-I-E-L-F-U-S-C-O and bingo was his name. No one says that, right? When you think of Daniel Fusco, you think about me. Now, everyone insert your own thing. My hope thing is I think he loves Jesus. He's warm and fuzzy and kind of a nice guy. And I'd like to eat a Twinkie with him every once in a while or whatever, you know what I mean? But you think of the whole nature, And so the idea here is that because the children of Israel became self-righteous and then they began to not walk the very talk that they had, God's name was being blasphemed, was being spoken ill of because of their testimony in the midst of the Gentile world. Now again, because we want to simply respond to Jesus and we want to localize it to each one of us, here's the question. Is the way that you're living actually blaspheming the name of Jesus in this generation? Isn't that nasty? See, but again, if you're going to check yourself, right? If you're, to, if you're going to say, "Lord, it's not about everybody else; it's about me." How am I living? Then you have to ask yourself those kind of questions. Like, there's a, a phrase that we hear in church often. I don't say it too much, but it goes like this: You should love the sin, and you should hate the sinner. How many of you ever heard that that phrase before? I want to give you a better version of that. You ready for this? You should love the sinner, and you should hate your sin. Write it down. Love the sinner hate your sin because the thing is is that if you're willing to do that if you're willing to check yourself and and avoid self righteousness and let the spirit of god search your heart you'll realize that you got more than enough to deal with on your own don't you like your spouse they got issues but you got issues yourself those people who do those things that you don't like they got problems and god may be dishonored but you got your own stuff Does that make sense? And really what God wants us to do is not be so worried about what everyone else is doing because we have more than enough to do right here. See, what I have found as a follower of Jesus who loves to do what the Bible calls evangelism, which is share the good news of Jesus, almost every time I share the gospel, I have to talk about things that Christians do that isn't very Christ-like. Almost every single time. It's like if I want to share the good news of Jesus, I have to apologize for Christians. Like, someone's like, so, okay, you're telling me about Jesus. Well, you know, my neighbor, my uncle, they did this. And they were a Christian. And I'll normally say, I'm so sorry that that happened. They shouldn't have treated you that way. Like, I didn't think of, I didn't think Jesus would have treated me that way. I'm like, no, he wouldn't have. He died on a cross for you. They yelled at you. You know, they lost their temper. They did this. They treated you poorly. See? And the problem for us is that we have to make sure, you have to make sure, I have to make sure, am I walking my talk? Am I really living that thing out? Now, here's the thing. The beauty is, is that when I say, are you walking your talk, right? And when I say, how is the name of Jesus being blasphemed in this world because of the way that you're living? I realize that those are provocative and scary, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down one way that you are not walking out your talk right now. I mean, if I said, listen, name six things that your spouse should do differently. You can write that down in five seconds, right? <laughs> If you're like, name five things that your boss should do differently, you can write down 97 things. But when I say, write one for yourself, everyone's like. You see how it works? This is how this works. Now, the reason I want you to write down one thing is this. Between you and God, I don't need to know what it is, but listen, you got way more than one. But whatever the thing that when I said, how is the name of Jesus being maligned in this world because of your lack of walking out what you believe, Whatever the first thing that you got convicted on, that's actually where God wants to work in your life right now. We call this simply responding to Jesus. Where all of a sudden you realize, like, oh, I got to work on this thing, right? Now, the beauty is, is that God wants to work on that in you because he loves you too much to keep you the way that you are right now. But you have to be willing to allow God to work on it. So when you write it down, all of a sudden you got to deal with it. Now, here's the thing. Because the only perfect person is Jesus... This never ends. You get this one done and you work on the next one and then on the next one. And if you, those of you who are overachievers, you're going to write 20 things you need to change and you need to change all those things, but it never really ends. I think it was John Steinbeck, the great author who says the heart is like peeling away layers of an onion and every layer comes with a fresh set of tears. Because none of us are perfect, we're all in process. This thing never ends. It's, like, it's the next thing, and it's the next thing. But you actually begin to love the journey because you actually want to really follow Jesus. Now, here's the thing. You know what I think the thing that really differentiates followers of Jesus from other people? Is that if you're a follower of Jesus, one, you're never going to be perfect, and you know it because you're following the perfect Savior. But when you get it wrong, you actually handle it differently than everybody else. See, because listen, When you get it wrong, you know what you should do? You should apologize. And for a follower of Jesus, we should be so comfortable apologizing. Because we're following the perfect Savior. And because God is not done with us, we should get convicted in all these different ways. And we should be the first. to Listen, I'm so sorry with the way I handled that. I did not handle that properly. And for a follower of Jesus, we should feel super comfortable doing that. But we live in a world where most people don't do that because they're actually not following the perfect Savior. They feel like you can't know that they messed up. Like, it's funny, my kids, when I say, you know, I'm so sorry, I handled that wrong. They're like, yeah, we know, Dad, God's not finished with you yet, you know? We'll pray for you, you know what I mean? Because I realize that as a parent, you know what I mean? Like, if I can't own the fact that I get some things wrong, then what am I teaching my kids? I, how many of you, when you are growing up, your parents said, because I'm your parent and I said so? Go ahead, raise your hands. All of you, right? Now, what's amazing is that sometime along that journey, in the beginning when you're literally like, okay, they're parents, I they said so. Then at some point, you're like, well, maybe mom and dad are wrong. Right, And then the kids start to push against that because I said so because actually they have enough history with you to realize that you don't always get everything right. But again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you never force that as if your age makes you smarter. Sometimes you're just more used to being rotten, right? And so for us as followers of Jesus, if we really believe in Jesus, then all of a sudden there's a humility that comes to us. There's this reality that we don't get it right, but Jesus is our savior. And so, Lord, we're just going to keep following you. And when we get something wrong, we're going to own that thing. And that is a very beautiful thing in this culture. Now, here's the thing. A couple last thoughts on this. First, if you go to apologize, you have to remember, you apologize just for yourself between you and Jesus. Don't make your other person feel they like have to apologize. How many of you have ever done that? Like, I'm going to apologize, now you have to apologize. Right? So you really only apologize to so get the apology that you think you deserve. And guess what? That's not the way to do this, because one, your apology is between you and God, and then you and that person, and that other person's situation, that's between them and God. So you apologize because you know you're supposed to, not to get the apology, because I know how this goes. You go apologize, and you're actually waiting for the apology. Now, it's funny, with Lynn and I, I have to do a lot of apologizing, but Lynn is actually a better apologizer than I am, right? And so what Lynn will do is Lynn will apologize, and I'll just sit there, because I'm... In my mind, if she apologizes and then I apologize, that's actually cheap. It's like, because she apologized, now I have to apologize. So I don't want to apologize in that moment because I feel like it doesn't mean anything. I want to do it later. And sometimes when I'll do, I'll come back later. I'm like, I'm so sorry for that. She's like, why didn't you just do it earlier? I'm like, well, because I didn't, it cheapens it when you apologize. Now I have to be humble too, you know what I mean? And my poor wife, she just wants me to apologize for being a knucklehead and I just got to wait three hours or 30 years. Who knows? You know what I mean? But like our job is to apologize because it's about us wanting to walk with Jesus and walk our talk. And when we are unloving, when we are not gracious, when we are unthankful, when we treat people poorly as followers of Jesus, we should be able to say, I'm so sorry. I got that wrong. I'm not walking my talk. And by doing that, we begin to take the hypocrisy out of our lives. Now, here's the thing. When I said to you, that you need to make sure that your walk and your talk line up so that the name of God is not blasphemed. When you're convicted, I always say conviction is good, but repentance is better. Conviction is when the Spirit of God says, yeah, you do that, but you're my child, and you know better than that. Repentance is when actually you leave that thing and you follow Jesus instead. And I think it's super important to make this statement here is that we want to be people who repent in a godly way. Actually, you see it in the Bible because... There were two people who actually betrayed Jesus at the very end of his life. One was Judas and one was Peter. Judas sold Jesus over to the Romans for 30 pieces of silver, but Peter pretended like he didn't even know Jesus at Jesus' time of greatest need. What's amazing in that story, Peter repented in a way that reunited him with Jesus. Judas just felt bad that what happened to Jesus and he killed himself. And so we want to make sure that we don't soft-pedal The thing. But whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is, what are you going to do to change it? Because I believe God wants you to change it. And I'll say it this way. I realize that in a church like Cross is a big church, right? There are some of you right now, there are certain things that you are doing in your life that are actually going to destroy your life. And deep down when I said that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know it's going to destroy your life. But here's the thing. If you're convicted about it now, you need to stop it right now. Because I'll be honest, as a pastor, it's horrible to go visit people from crossroads in jail, and we do that. It's horrible to have to do funerals for people who along the way, they were supposed to stop something and they didn't. And I believe you're hearing this message. And listen, I don't know, I'm not like you know, subtly you know, talking about something. I just know that in a church this size, there's lots of us in different places. Some of you, the way you're doing business, you're gonna lose your business. And you're gonna lose your family because of what you're doing. You know that you're on the edge, you know that it's wrong, but you're still doing it, stop doing it. Don't just feel bad about it. Change it. Because God loves you. Listen, there's not a week that goes by here that something crazy doesn't happen that could have been averted if people made different decisions. So I don't want anyone for one second to just be like, well, yeah, I know it's bad, but I'll be fine. No, listen, it's not going to be fine. It's not the life that God has for you. And as a follower of Jesus, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. So stop doing it. Amen. Listen to what it says in Psalm 50, verses 16 to 21, talking about this idea of hypocrisy. It says this, but to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction and you cast my words behind you? When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I have kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. You see what he does? He says, listen, you take my covenant in your mouth. You look down on people, but you're not even honest about who you are. And see, So that's why you, one of the ways you check yourself is after you avoid self-righteous, you say, "Do am I walking my talk? Am I living out the life that people think I am? Right? We remove that hypocrisy. Now, we're going to see the third step and the final step in this. Look at how this chapter ends. Verse 25 of Romans 2. It says, for circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, Will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if they fulfill the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter whose praise is not from men, but from God. Now, I realize that a bunch of you are like, what? Now, you got to realize, the two signs in Judaism is one, the law, and second, the right of circumcision. The law given through Moses, and then, of course, circumcision as the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, don't Google it. Just warning you. Right? If you want to know what circumcision is, ask your neighbor after service. Now listen. It, <laughs> I just love making this place fun. I just imagine what's circumcision? You know, and listen, if you know what it is, explain it in church terms. Okay? But, but it sounds weird, but really Paul is talking to the Jewish person who feels self-righteous because they have the law or they have circumcision and they have them together. And so now what he's saying to them, he's saying, listen, circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the whole law. See, he's saying, look, like, if you keep the law, but he's already established that no one keeps the law. Nobody gets it all right, right? And he says, look, even if the person who isn't circumcised acts like someone who is circumcised, wouldn't their uncircumcision be accounted as circumcision? Because really what he's doing is he's deconstructing a false identity that the Jewish people had, that because they had the law and because they were circumcised, they were going to be all right. Now, and literally, if you read the writings of the rabbis, that's called the Talmud, which is one codified version, and the Mishnah, which is another one, there's actually discussions about how Abraham would be looking at the gates of hell to make sure that a circumcised person wouldn't end up in hell wouldn't that be awkward pearly gates discussion right it's like Abraham's like I show it you know (laughs) awkward Uh, I'm just teaching what it says here so just don't say, well, well, who says that the Jewish people say their circumcised? No, it's like literally it's in the teachings of the rabbis because they felt that God's covenant with Abraham that when you're a descendant of Abraham that now you're there, you have the law of Moses you're a descendant of Abraham, you are good to go and Paul's like, no, it's not true it's not true, why? Because really, if you want to make sure you check yourself it's not about being circumcised outwardly It's not being circumcised inwardly. Really what it is, is you need to let the Spirit do His work. That's really where this lands. You need to let the Spirit do His work. And Paul gets into that.
1: Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that there may be some traditions your church or even you individually observe that might be alienating new believers. When God begins working on someone's heart, the outer person might not show it right away. Instead of judging someone for not conforming to man-made ideals, Pastor Daniel encouraged you to show grace and patience and help them know Jesus well. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Jesus
0: is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you You're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, but as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I wanna begin to follow Jesus. I wanna help you do that right now. We're gonna pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it though because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some
1: more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. And my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel will tell you the next thing that needs to be accomplished to really dig out the tensions of life. This is the hard part, the thing that just keeps you in a rut. Pastor Daniel will address some problems that many people face that they might not be aware of. You'll find yourself somewhere in these problems too. There's a solution though, so be sure to come back and join us.